Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is a brand new episode of I've Got a Secret. This episode will be a fascinating look into the world of acupuncture. We all know what it is, but I think it's a commonly misunderstood treatment. Here to break down all of the critical information we need, I'm joined by brilliant Dr. Jill Blakeway. Dr. Blakeway is a board-certified acupuncturist, a clinical herbalist, and the co-founder of Yanova Center, a leading healing facility in New York with an impressive celebrity client list and multiple locations. The New York Times named Dr. Blakeway as one of Manhattan's top acupuncturists and a, quote, fertility goddess. She was the first acupuncturist to ever give a TED Talk, and she has authored three books on the power of energy healing and acupuncture. I can't think of a better guest to help break down this topic. This is The Secret to Acupuncture Healing. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Blakeway. Robin, thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you and hang out. Oh, listen, I have really been looking forward to connecting about this topic because I am a true believer in the practice of acupuncture. It probably goes back to almost 45 years that I have been like a huge, huge believer in acupuncture for so many reasons. So needless to say, I have been looking so forward to today's episode. Well, I'm happy to come and demystify it a bit for you, Robin, and for your listeners. Wonderful. And your resume, everything I got to say about you at the top of this podcast is just so impressive. And that is why, again, another reason why I'm so thrilled for the Secret Squad out there to have you to give them all the information that they need. So let's just start with the basics. Can you explain to the listeners what acupuncture is and how it works? Well, yes, acupuncture is a very ancient system of medicine, as you know, thousands of years old. And I always tell my patients, you know, if it didn't work, we would have given up. There are many things in medicine that have gone out of fashion. And the reason that acupuncture has stood the test of time is because it works. And it is the putting of very tiny hair-like needles in specific points in the body. And I mention that they're tiny because if you've never had acupuncture, um, obviously, it's, it doesn't sound you know, particularly fun to be stabbed with tiny objects, but they're so small. They're like a hair. And as you know, as someone who's had acupuncture, um, you don't really feel them. You could tie them in a knot, these needles, if you wanted to. They're hair-like. It's not like having a shot. Um, and um, what it does is it prompts the body's own ability to heal. Um, uh, to kick in, 
And over thousands of years, uh, and modern acupuncturists really do stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, if you think about how little technology the people who pioneered this had, and yet they worked out a system of healing, a system of prompting that works. Um, so um, over thousands of years, they worked out where the correct points are. And acupuncturists today do four-year master's degrees here in the United States or five-year doctorates, and they're licensed in most states, not all, but pretty much all states at this point. Um, and there are licensed acupuncturists all over America because people love Chinese medicine uh -huh. because it works. Oh, I uh, completely agree with you, and I want the listeners to know why, because like I said, it was almost 40 years ago, and I was living in Dallas, Texas at the time, and my precious, precious mother-in-law, who I love so dearly, God bless her, rest in peace, she suffered from arthritic pain, among other things, and just it broke my heart that she was always so uncomfortable. So she tried everything. And I said, you know what, I'm going to find an acupuncturist. I'm going to take you there just so maybe you can have some relief. And I did. I took her to numerous ones and they were all so phenomenal. We settled on one and I would take her for her appointments and it made such a difference in her life. And she was someone who was afraid of needles. And so, trust me, when she got there, she was a little apprehensive, immediately became at ease. Because just like you just now said and described those needles, nothing to be afraid of. Because for someone like her who was afraid of needles, she immediately again became at ease, had her treatment. I took her often, and it certainly relieved her many ailments. She got to where she would just tell them, so many different situations. She had a lot of dental work and she would go right after a dental appointment. They would relieve the pain from that experience. And while I had her there and I was waiting on her, I remember telling the wife of the doctor she was seeing, I said, wow, I wish acupuncture would help me with my sugar cravings. And she said, well, of course we can do that. But I was one of those that enjoyed candy and I gave up sugar for probably the rest of my life. It helped me that much. I didn't crave that sugar. I could look at it and walk away. Is acupuncture acknowledged in Western medicine? More and more. You know, I've been an acupuncturist for 25 years, Robin. And when I was first an acupuncturist, one of the things I noticed is that my patients never told their doctor they were seeing me because they were worried about opposition. So I was like a little secret. Um, and these days mo at the Unova Center where I work, um, most of our referrals are from doctors um, and we enjoy really good relationships with doctors. I right at the beginning of my career worked in a hospice. So I've always worked with doctors. Um, and I started an acupuncture program in a hospital here in New York where we did acupuncture to relieve pain in labor and delivery for women who are delivering babies, which was so fun. And in fact, my first book I wrote with a doctor, I, it's called Making Babies, my first book. I wrote it back in 2009. And um, it still um, uh, sells very well because Chinese medicine doesn't go out of date. And it's a book about how to get pregnant. But I wrote it with a fertility doctor. Um, and at the time, that was unusual to have a doctor and an acupuncturist 
acupuncturist pool their knowledge. But of course, it is actually what everybody wants, including me. I want the best of all possible worlds. <laughs> and, and why wouldn't we, you know, get our egos out of the way and we'll all work together to help the patients? So we refer a lot of patients to doctors at Unova and we get referred a lot of patients from doctors. And that's the change I've seen in the 25 years I've been practicing. <laughs> oh, I love that. So um, acupuncture can be covered under insurance, correct? For some things, and I think it's always important that you don't just check that acupuncture is covered, but that you check it's covered for what you're seeking help for. Um, because we treat a very broad range of things, as you know, like sugar cravings, uh -huh. as you just said. Um, I um, I treat a lot of reproductive issues, and it's not always covered for everything. Uh -huh. um, so, But there are ways of getting acupuncture at various rates, uh, and I, I would love people to know that. There are... Um, uh, cheaper options. Acupuncture isn't expensive at the best of times. I mean, it doesn't require really, it's not open heart surgery. It doesn't, you know, it's just acupuncture. Um, it doesn't require lots of expensive equipment or, uh, and things like that. Um, so, but there are community clinics where people get treated in one room together, which as long as you don't have an issue that's very private can actually be rather fun. And that's much cheaper. There are acupuncture schools um, where you can be treated by a student. And there are always, I used to do this. I was a teacher of Chinese medicine. Um, they're always supervised by a licensed practitioner. So that's often a really good wow. deal. And then there are more boutique practices like ours where we spend a lot of time with you and it's one-on-one -on -one and that, you know, that's a little bit more expensive, but not, it shouldn't be, you know, a break the bank expense. Wow. I love that. Can you tell the listeners again, the name of your book? Well, the first book I wrote was called Making Babies, a three-month program for maximum fertility. And what I, I wrote it with a, a doctor called Dr. Sammy David. And what we did was we pooled our knowledge and divided people into five basic fertility types. And then we offered them advice based both on Western and Eastern medicine to get pregnant. But there is a ton of research, Robin, that shows um, uh, research conducted here in America, even uh, that shows that acupuncture enhances fertility. There's been a lot of research around IVF and how much acupuncture enhances the process of IVF and the outcomes and things like that. And also research about what we call whole systems Chinese medicine, which is everything we do, Chinese herbs, massage, special reproductive massage, moxa, electro-stim cupping. I mean, there's a lot, lifestyle adjustments, dietary advice, things like that. And that has extremely good rates in research when it comes to people getting pregnant. Wow. So I always think if you're struggling to conceive, um, an acupuncturist with a specialty in fertility is a really good idea because it's cheaper than IVF and it often works. And if you have to do IVF, doing acupuncture with your IVF, um, according to research, enhances the outcome. So oh, I, I love that. I love that. It just really gives me chills because there are just so many people out there that feel that maybe they've tried everything but they haven't. And that's just phenomenal information. So let me just ask you, how did you get involved in this field of work? 
Yes. How did an English person end up practicing Chinese medicine in New York, Robin? And I, I love your accent. <laughs> um, I, like a lot of people at my, of my generation of Western acupuncturists, came to it because, like you, I tried it. I was an early adopter. You even earlier than me. I moved to the United States. I was a single mom with a tiny baby working in Florida, and I got sick. And um, a woman in a health food store suggested I see an acupuncturist. I'd seen doctors. I'd been on medicine for six months. I had a sort of the typical chronic disease that acupuncture actually works with well. And I saw an acupuncturist and having struggled for six months, he solved it in a week. And I could not believe it. I could, I, you know, I was highly skeptical. I was quite sciencey in my background. I didn't believe this at all. But it, there was no doubt that he solved the problem. And so I started to follow him around. <laughs> like, um, and eventually, I think probably to get rid of me, uh, he suggested, why don't you go to acupuncture school? You can take a master's degree in Chinese medicine. And so with the sort of confidence of youth. I was quite young and I had this little baby. She was two by then. Um, I put her in a big truck in Florida and drove to one of the best acupuncture schools in the country in California. Because I, being English, had no idea how big America was. Yeah. So I had my baby in the car and I was like, Texas is huge. <laughs> Who knew? It's like the size of France, Texas. <laughs> and I eventually rocked up in California oh. and spent four years doing a master's degree in traditional Chinese medicine medicine in San Diego, California. Truly, if someone has just the slightest little bit of hesitation before this podcast, they will not have it anymore. Just listening <laughs> to that right there, your passion is enough to convince anyone, I believe, because you drove from Florida <laughs> to California to learn more about acupuncture and everything it takes. And you got your degree. Congratulations. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, uh, it was a long time ago now. And then I subsequently did a doctorate in the subject. And um, I have, I fell in love. I fell in love with this beautiful medicine. I fell in love with the sort of ritual of the needles. And I can honestly tell you that I've been a very busy practitioner all this time. And I've never not loved my job. But, you know, I've been tired at times and <laughs> dispirited when things don't go well. But I've always found it fascinating. I find people fascinating. I love helping them. And Chinese medicine, you can just go deeper and deeper and deeper throughout your career and learn more and more. And there aren't that many careers you can say that about in some ways, but you can just keep studying and growing as a practitioner and your patients benefit from it. And you get to see that every day. Oh, it's fun. It is fun. And another thing you touched on, I love to go into health food stores and visit with those who work there because they're so knowledgeable. And I can tell them what kind of supplement maybe I'm looking for, for this or for that, for symptoms. And so I encourage the listeners out there to do that. And I love to sit and visit with the pharmacist, find out maybe which doctor I should go see, whose prescriptions they fill, that kind of thing. But those are two places that you can get so much information before you visit the doctor. Don't you agree? I do agree. And I think there is so much in our communities. That's what you're really alluding to is there's a lot of knowledge in our communities. And you and I are clearly friendly people. Robin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm friendly everywhere I go to. Yes. Um, and I learn a lot yes. by asking questions and being interested. It's why I write books, actually, in some ways. 
I like interviewing people and I like asking questions. I find people interesting. It's why I practice Chinese medicine because I'm interested in people's stories and helping them. And it's a sort of extension of that. But there are resources throughout our communities of people who know a lot and love to share their knowledge if you if you're polite and friendly. That's right. I, I, I don't know if it's maybe because of Chinese medicine and people that practice that and believe in it are so passionate, but that has been my experience. So thank you for yes. uh, allowing me. So your husband also shares the same passion. Tell us about your mission in founding Yanova Center together. Well, I told you that I packed my small baby as a single mom into, well, she was two, my toddler into a truck. And it wasn't really, it, it was really recklessness and stupidity that made me drive across America. My mom was horrified. Um, and I just, you know, if you come from a tiny country, you just cannot imagine how big America is. Um <laughs> And I went to grad school and in my pathophysiology class was a good looking young man from New York <laughs> who I invited to study with me. And he was such an earnest, nerdy man that he brought, he brought all his books to study. And you know that that was code, right? Yes. Um, but he was very sweet. He was like, what would you like to study? <laughs> oh. Did you say you? Yeah. I want to study you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I was like, well, I had hadn't really given that much thought. I was just inviting you over. Um, however, um, eventually we got married and we've been together for a long, long time now. Aww. And we founded Unova. Um, to start with, actually, we had separate practices. And after making babies, my first book came out. Unova got so busy that he came and joined me and he is much more um, operational than I am. Uh -huh. And so I like to write books. I'm creative. And he, you know, I'm the sort of person who gets up in the morning, Robin, and says, wouldn't it be a good idea if? Oh. <laughs> and my husband, Noah, is the kind of person who actually makes that happen. And so we're a good team. I love that. Us. I love that. You <laughs> sound like my husband and myself, actually. It, it just sounds like, you know, it takes the two different personalities that appreciate that in each other. Yes. And we work together, but we don't get in each other's way, actually. I think that's the secret. So um, we're not micromanaging each other. And Unova is, you know, has three centers at this point and a lot of teams. So we're not sort of encountering each other at work all that much as it turns out, not as much as you would think. Um, and he's stayed, he's the chief clinic director of Unova. Um, and so he's in charge of all the training and supervision and practitioners and things like that. And I'm the founder and I write books and I do see patients, but I'm not as involved in the day to day as he is at this point. I love that. Yeah. Well, my next question was, how wonderful is it to share this mission with your spouse? But I think you've already answered that. And I just congratulations. I think it was uh, fate. I think it was meant to be. And for some reason, it's I haven't, I didn't write it down, but I just want to ask you, do you believe in love at first sight? I do, because it was. I remember I going home. It was an evening class, Robin, and I went home and there was a, I had a babysitter, obviously, because I had a toddler. And I said to the babysitter, there's this really, really good looking man in my pathophysiology class. And I, I couldn't stop thinking about him. So, yes, I do. And we've, you know, people always tell us that, that we're, we're a happy couple. We're not perfect in any way, but we're, you know, we're on each other's side. We're on each other's team and it shows. And um, uh, he was, it, I was meant to drive across the country with my toddler. 
And of course, she adored him straight away, which is another part of this. That's and wonderful. And she said to me, she was about five, I think, by then. And she said to me, um, Noah says I'm a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. So she obviously asked him, how do you feel about me? And he said, oh, well, you're a bonus. <laughs> oh, my heavens. He's a wonderful man. He's a wonderful yes, man. It was meant to be. I believe in fate. I really do. And I believe in love at first sight. So can I ask you how long you've been married? Um, we have been together. We can never tell. Um, I know that sounds really unromantic, but we feel like we've been together forever. But I think it's 22 years. That's beautiful. Now. That's beautiful. Um, and it just feels like yesterday. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I have these beautiful lilacs. I put them out so the people at home can't see, but I have um, some light because he went to the lilac tree yesterday and picked me lilacs and put them in my bedroom. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> well, can I tell I, the listeners, they are absolutely they gorgeous. Good? And he picked them for you, <laughs> for your background. That, those are gorgeous. And also for the listeners who may not know, yesterday was Mother's Day. And Philip has always <laughs> sent me flowers on Mother's Day. And do you know that yesterday, Day, I received the flowers for Mother's Day, and they were just like they were purple, a beautiful bouquet of purple and lavender flowers full of those same flowers, lilacs, purple, just like that. Well, they're in season, so that's probably why. And they're just, they could not be more perfect. We're in the country, so we're not really near um, any sh- any shops, so he picked them. They're gorgeous. Oh, God. They're gorgeous. <laughs> I just love them. I just love them. Okay, so we'll get back to our topic. <laughs> and I know this might be a difficult question to answer because I know acupuncture is used to treat so many different ailments. But what are some of the most common reasons to turn to acupuncture? Well, you mentioned pain and your mother-in-law, and that is a very common reason that people turn to acupuncture. Um, uh, But it's it's broader than that. Seasonal allergies, migraines, that kind of thing, hormonal imbalances. Acupuncture is very good for hormonal imbalances. And the way I see it, Robin, the way I explain it to my patients is that we are good at these long-term chronic issues that are about imbalance. And um, the Chinese talk a lot about qi when it comes to medicine, which we translate very roughly as energy. But what it really is, is it's all the ways your body is intelligent. It's all the bits you take for granted. So, you know, your body, um, you're not just skin and tissue and bone. Your body has a form of consciousness. Every cell in your body understands where it is in relation to other cells, and it can act if it's given a prompt. Every organ system is coordinating and synchronizing with other organ systems. And a lot of chronic diseases are really diseases of poor communication, missynchronization, overactivity. So, you know, autoimmune diseases are often, um, you know, miscommunication. Uh, Your immune system is overacting. It's behaving like it's at war at all times when it's not. Allergies, same thing. Um, Irritable bowel syndrome, a sort of inflammatory bowel disease, that is really an overreaction. And so something, I always joke that our 
our subtlety is in fact our strength as acupuncturists. Um, you know, so those kinds of chronic conditions, we just draw them gently back into balance. Now, if you broke your leg or you were having a heart attack, obviously you would go to the ER. That is not our forte. Right. But recovering from your broken leg and helping the bone knit and things like that requires your body to behave intelligently. And that is where we come in as acupuncturists. That is amazing. I will say this. I do remember when we were in Dallas and I was seeing my acupuncturist, I had a major dental appointment, uh, which is just something I've had to do my entire life. I always explain it that I have a twin brother. We were premature. The doctor told my mother they're going to either have a lot of broken bones or they're going to have a lot of issues with their teeth. They're going to be in the dentist office a lot. So I had some major dental work and we finished up and my mouth was just still, the numbness was coming off and I was feeling a lot of pain. So I called to cancel the appointment. I just wanted to go home and lay in bed. And so I called to cancel it. And she said, oh, no, no, no. Now is when you should come to see me. And I thought, oh, well, of course, I guess, you know, I wasn't even thinking. So I instead got in the car and drove straight over there and got on the bed on her table. And she put all the needles where she needed to. Can't tell you where because I can't really remember. But of course, put them where she needed to. And I fell asleep. And I was probably on her table 45 minutes, maybe an hour, whatever. And do you know when she finished, I had not a bit of pain. Plus, I had so much energy when I got off that table. I was shocked because I know if I had left that dental office and gone home, I would have experienced more pain from the work I'd had done and everything else, and I wouldn't have had the energy. So I remember the difference, and I was so glad that I had listened to her and gone to her office. So Well, you mentioned the acupuncture points, Robin, and when I, I, in my last book, um, which came out in 2019, which is called Energy Medicine, The Science and Mystery of Healing, uh, I, you know, I looked at all these prompts to um, self-healing, which was really interesting. And I I went in deeply, I I realized I'd never really known why the acupuncture points work. And I felt at times foolish. I remember when I was in the, working in the hospital, um, in the labor and delivery ward, this is going back a long time, but um, uh, they used to have paper printouts of people's contractions <laughs> back then. And I would do acupuncture and um, they would make me write on the paper printout, you know, and it would, it would, it was easy to show that we were strengthening people's contractions and we were um, uh, dilating people's cervixes. And it was, it was actually really obvious, so obvious that we got a grant to study it. So, uh, and the doctors said, to me quite rightly they said how come when you put a needle on the ankle um it causes the patient's cervix to dilate and i said i don't know <laughs> to my eternal shame i don't know it's what i was taught and it works but i i don't know so i remembered that when i was writing energy medicine and i thought i'm going to find out i'm going to work this out and the answer robin lies in embryology It turns out that when we're embryos, and I don't know where you've ever thought about this, how an embryo creates itself, but mostly messaging in the body is done through the bloodstream or through the nervous system, something like that. But embryos don't have a developed 
um, cardiovascular system or central nervous system or peripheral nervous system. So what they do is they do it electrically. And you can see um, video, there's video on YouTube of, of frog embryos creating themselves. And it's like lightning going across their little faces. And um, same for humans. And what they do is they create little nodes, an embryo, we all did this, we create a little node, and then it changes polarity at a specific point, it gets triggered. And the next bit of the baby buds off like an arm or a finger or a nose or something like that. And those nodes are in the same place as the major acupuncture points. Um, so I think really the very electromagnetic um, tissue that was used to create us is less active once we're here, but it's still there in the body and it can be used to regulate us. And so I think the answer to why the acupuncture points are the acupuncture points <laughs> is um, they, they were electromagnetic tissue, they were electroconductive tissue. Um, uh, that was used to create us. And there is plenty of research at the University of Vermont Medical School. They have shown that the tissue, when the needles get put in and um, manipulated, as you know, acupuncturists do, the connective tissue winds around like spaghetti on a fork. And as it stretches, it becomes more electroconductive. So it's a little electrical intervention that regulates us based on the very system that built us when we were in, in utero. That is really <laughs> fascinating. So the process of acupuncture and the needles, their purpose is not to mask pain. It is to relieve pain. That's right. And I think one of the reasons that practitioners of Chinese medicine are so passionate about Chinese medicine, as you pointed out, is because um, we really do attempt to get to the root uh, as opposed to put a sort of band-aid over a problem. Um, and so I always use insomnia as a, um, a an example. You can obviously take sleeping pills, or in fact, as a herbalist, I can give you herbal sleeping aids. But to have done the job properly, you, you know, I would like you not to need me or anything. And to do that, we have to work out why you're not sleeping. And people have insomnia for all sorts of reasons, um, digestive, emotional, pain, um, uh, all sorts of things, hormonal. Uh, and so we make um, an attempt to get to the root as well as treat the branch. And um, when we're successful, it can feel absolutely miraculous. And for us, as, as practitioners, it's like pulling off a magic trick. <laughs> um, you know, it's so fun to help people. I know my, my husband, who, as you know, I love dearly, and who is a very good acupuncturist himself. I once had um, a Morton's neuroma on my foot, which is extremely painful. And I was hobbling about and I thought I'd have to have surgery. And um, he put one needle in my foot. This was 15 years ago, and I've never had pain since. And he has to keep reminding me that he's not always that miraculous because I, I tell everyone, I'm like, Noah cured my Morton's neuroma, but he just got the right place and I've never had trouble with it since. <gasps> I love it. No wonder you love him because there's nothing <laughs> worse than foot pain. <laughs> oh, no. I was hobbling around. You can't wear shoes. I was, I, was, I was planning surgery when he said, you should let me treat it. And I was like, oh, yes, of course. We're acupuncturists. Of course we should try <laughs> 
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Much as I don't want to stop any talk about acupuncture, I think it's time we do two things in every podcast. And one is a drink of the day. Now, the drink of the day is something we create for the actual podcast we're doing and for my guest. And I read that you create specific herb blends for each of your patients. And this to me is so interesting, especially since I just did an episode on the power of supplements. So for today's drink, I wanted to create something soothing from scratch to honor this practice of yours. And this is a homemade hibiscus tea. And I wish we were here together in person so you could see just how beautiful it is. And it is in your honor. So I want everyone to know that the recipe is for two cups. It's eight hibiscus flowers, three cups of water, one tablespoon of lemon juice, and honey to taste. You remove the petals and wash under running water, of course. Place in a medium-sized glass bowl. Boil the water. Once it's boiling, remove from the heat and pour over the petals. Cover the bowl and let the petals steep for 10 to 12 minutes. Then you strain the tea and add one tablespoon of lemon juice and honey to taste. Mix well and enjoy. So... You can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and you can get this recipe I just talked about and make this tea. It is delicious, it's healthy, and it's beautiful. Cheers, Dr. Blakeway. Cheers, Robin. Flowers are such a great idea. Uh, Hibiscus tea is very soothing, as you know, but we use flowers in Chinese medicine a lot and many of them are anti-inflammatory and antimicrobial. And I don't know whether you know that. So things like honeysuckle, for instance, is one of the main, um, uh, one of our main herbs for a sore throat. And in all our cold and flu preparations, um, because it's so good at soothing um, inflammation. And most of our flowers are like that. They're they're used for sort of anti-inflammatory purposes or antimicrobial purposes. And I do not have lovely hibiscus tea, but I have what my husband jokingly calls my hippie coffee, which is I add ashwagandha and reishi mushrooms and coconut milk to coffee. Oh, you do? <laughs> and I find that the 
coffee is a little pick-me-up, yeah? And the ashwagandha, which is um, uh, an adaptogen, uh, is soothing. So I have a little pick-me-up, but it doesn't make me racy when I'm talking to you on a podcast. So I am drinking my hippie coffee, which is coffee with ashwagandha, reishi mushrooms, and coconut milk. Oh, I love that. Okay, so I also want the secret squad to know that if they go to I've got a secret with robinmcgraw.com, I will also have that recipe of yours on there so they can make that as well because I too love coffee. So I think that's very interesting. I love this. I love all of this information we're giving out today. So can you tell me what is the youngest age someone can experience acupuncture? Well, it's funny you should ask because we have a pediatric practice at Unova. And so we treat very young babies indeed. And our youngest that we've ever given acupuncture to was a week old <gasps> with colic. Um, so I love that. I love that. <laughs> We're quite specialized. And then, you know, when they become toddlers, they get scared of needles because they've had shots. So we have a special machine that we call the tickle machine that we stimulate the points with so that they don't hate us. Oh, I love <laughs> and, that. Um, uh, we we give Chinese herbs, um, beautiful, very pure Chinese herbs as well. And, you know, we're not a replacement for people's pediatricians, no. but a lot of childhood ailments are on that line, The you know, like repeated um, ear infections. Yes. Obviously, when they have the ear infection, they should see a pediatrician. But um, uh, trying to stop children having repeated ear infections is a job for uh, a practitioner of Chinese medicine. And um, we do it a lot at Yenova. Um, where we have lots of tiny patients. I love that. And the reason (laughs) I asked you this question is because I have a brand new granddaughter. She's so... Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) She's so precious. She was just over at the house to... Well, I saw her yesterday for Mother's Day, and then they came over the day before. She is just an absolute little doll, and she doesn't have colic, but just like all babies, she sometimes will get that little gas on her tummy. But because I'm her grandmother, I cannot stand to see her in any pain whatsoever. So she had gas, and eventually she got it up. And uh, my daughter-in-law and son were both telling me that their pediatrician they love— told them that they could give her once in a while if she if it went on too long that they could give her a little chamomile tea isn't that wonderful she's only not quite three months old but he said you could give her a little chamomile tea if the gas on her tummy lasts too long and I just thought that is so wonderful so now we're speaking and I thought I just wonder if babies that young can have acupuncture I think that would be so wonderful Indeed. And we don't, um, people always ask, how does the baby lie still for the treatment? But we don't leave the needles in for any length of time at all. And we teach with colic particularly, or even just gas, um, we teach the parents um, a gentle abdominal massage. And um, it's based on a Chinese therapeutic massage called Tuina. So we teach a version of pediatric Tuina to uh, to parents too. Because, you know, the hardest thing, and you probably remember this when your kids were small, is that feeling of not being able to help in the middle of the night it's the loneliest parenting feeling I think and you know the situation isn't bad enough that you're going to the ER but it's bad enough that the child is awake and screaming and clearly in pain and we have all been there so one of the things we like to do in our practice is teach the parents how to handle uh, you know sort of mild ailments um, and give 
tools and we give them herbal tools too and set up a herbal first aid kit and that kind of thing for people. I was so proud of them for being new parents and they were just so stress-free about it. And it was grandma that was like, oh, what could we do? But it didn't last for very long, but it really broke my heart. And I was just wondering, I wanted to ask you, is there a pressure point on a baby as young as my granddaughter now that helps relieve gas? There is. Where is and it? And interestingly, it's on the hands. It's a, You can give a hand massage. And um, the forefinger, um, uh, if you massage the forefinger, you will find that the gas will move. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it often makes them it often makes them poop, which is um, fun. Um, but I massage their palms in a circular fashion and then rub the length of the forefinger. And wow. that is a pediatric two in our move that we teach patients to do for their children. Um, so it's funny you should mention that. <laughs> I just love it. And send me a bill. I'll promise I'll pay for this consultation. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this. Who is not a good candidate for acupuncture? Well, we said if you're having an acute um, life-threatening situation, you know, where the, where the gentle draw you back into balance people. And um, conventional medicine is extremely good at very intense interventions. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, also, sometimes I, I don't like my patients to sort of get into magical thinking and that, you know, acupuncture doesn't work for everything uh, at all. And a good acupuncturist will tell you what they can and can't do and help you have really realistic expectations. So, you know, if you have seasonal allergies or irritable bowel, that's a really good thing um, to consult an acupuncturist. Um, at Unova, we treat cancer patients, but we never claim to cure cancer. Um, we just treat patients alongside their oncologists. We're great at dealing with the side effects, particularly nausea and, you know, pain and dry mouth and night sweats from treatment. And we love doing that. Um, but I wouldn't suggest just going it alone for some things sort of serious and life-threatening um i you know i get the best of both worlds yes. why wouldn't you do that exactly <laughs> i sort of how i feel i totally agree with you i love that so i guess it depends on what the person is there for as to whether or not they need regular long-lasting treatments or i guess that's something that's determined once they make their appointment and come to see you yes although i like to um uh get my patients independent of me. I don't feel like I've done my job until it's solved. Um, and I don't necessarily want them to have to see me every week. So I usually give them a realistic sort of, this is how long this is going to take. Um, uh, and it depends on what they're suffering from. Uh, and I make sure that we reassess every month. And my aim is to have them out there in the world and I don't see them. And uh, what I usually suggest is they, they come and see me four times a year and we just, you know, we can head things off, little niggly things before they get more serious. Um, I can um, give them some herbs. I can make sure they're in balance. And that's perfect. So a lot of people in my life, I have, you know, I treated for something serious many years ago. And now I just see them uh, like old friends four times a year to make sure that they're, you know, in good health. And if anything um, gets out of balance, they come back for a few weeks and then I send them on their way again. And that is sort of the of my job. So I'm not trying, I think most practitioners of Chinese medicine would tell you the same thing. We're trying to get to the bottom of things and have you free of us and just be there in the background should you need us. And of course, I'm a big believer in supplements that you want to take year round. And 
I think that's wonderful, and you can help them with that as well. I, this is so fascinating. Are there any side effects of acupuncture? For instance, is there anything that can give someone a negative reaction? Well, there are very few negative reactions to acupuncture, thankfully, um, particularly when done by someone who's board certified and licensed, which, um, <clears throat> you know, licensure holds people accountable to, they have to have reached a certain standard of education and they're accountable for their um, behavior and their ethics. And I think that's a very good thing. Um, you know, occasionally people bruise at the sight of the needles. Uh, it's sort of inevitable. Um, they're tiny bruises usually um, uh, because they're tiny needles, but you can get a bruise. Um, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. I have bruised people. You know, you can just nick a little blood vessel. That can happen. Um this would not happen with a licensed acupuncturist because we're extremely careful. Um, but it is possible for someone who doesn't know what they're doing to puncture the lungs. It's called a pneumothorax. Um, that would, you know, there's a reason acupuncturists go to school for so long. Um, uh, you know, we we need we don't needle um, deeply or straight in. We needle what's called obliquely to the side when we're over the chest for that reason. Um, and that's about it. Temporary sort of nerve dulling occasionally um, but that resolves itself um, and um, occasionally if people haven't eaten they can feel a little lightheaded when they get up from acupuncture but we keep protein bars in our offices for yeah. that. that's wonderful <laughs> yeah i would think of all of the health practitioners anyone would visit the acupuncturist would be the last one on the list that they would have any kind of negative side effect <laughs> For the most part, that's absolutely true. Uh, you know, herbs, you have to be much more careful about. We're very careful herbalists at Unova um, because you're changing body chemistry. Um, and, you know, um, uh, so that uh, is you need to be much more careful. But uh, acupuncture is a very safe modality. I, I, I completely agree with you just from my, my own experience. So you mentioned earlier cupping as part of all holistic treatment. Tell the listeners about cupping and magnets. Well, cupping is very traditional and we do it the old fashioned way, you know, with fire because it's so fun. Um, children particularly enjoy watching this. Um, uh, but there are glass cups. These days there are also plastic ones um, that are different. But um, traditionally there were these thick glass cups that we still use. And um, we um, put alcohol on a cotton ball and put the cotton ball in the cup on a, you know, we hold it with a hemostat and um, uh, set fire to it. And it takes all the um, oxygen, it burns it out and you just pop it on. And what it is really, Robin, is it's massage in reverse. All massage is pressing down. And this is massage that pulls up, um, which as you can imagine, um, you know, relieves the fascia, which is the sort of connective tissue around muscle that gets very tight. Um, it's why it's so popular with athletes and sports people. As you know, they often sport their cupping marks, which reminds me to tell you that there are marks from it, but they, they're not bruises as such, and they do go away within a day or two. But I always, I have, you mentioned, I have a lot of entertainment industry patients. So I always ask if they're going to be wearing like a backless dress or yes. something. Or, you know, I, I treat a lot of actors and I always ask, um, are you about to, you know, perform in a bikini or something? Because I am going to mark you for a couple of days. Um, so that, although some of them just wear their 
um, cupping marks, as you know, yeah. on the red carpet. Well, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I have seen those marks before and I knew it was from cupping. I've never had that done. I've always wondered what it is. So thank you so much for explaining that. It's So it's a massage technique for treating sore muscles. Well, yes, although it can also be used, one of our most common uses is actually when someone is at the beginning of a cold. And you know when you have a cold and your muscles ache, particularly in your neck and shoulders, you know that feeling? We cup the neck and shoulders because that um, uh, is a sort of inflammatory reaction to the cold um, and uh, the pathogen. And so we can we can help speed up a cold um, and get it over with if we cup you at the right time. We also use it in gynecology to bring blood to an area and things like that. So mostly it's used as sort of massage in reverse to relieve pain, but not always. It can be used, um, you know, in other ways too. Wow. I love that. I love that. And magnets. What do you do with magnets? Magnets are lovely. They, if you can imagine what a magnet does, there's a little bit of iron in the blood. And so it just brings blood to an area. So it activates an acupuncture point. And one of my favorite things, I treat a lot of reproductive issues, both infertility and also pregnancy and postpartum. And um, uh, when people have morning sickness, I put a magnet on a point on the wrist. And you, you probably all know this point because they sell C-bands to deal with um, nausea. And they tell you to put them on exactly the same point. It's called pericardium six. It's one of the most tested points in Chinese medicine. It works really, really well for all sorts of nausea nausea from chemotherapy um, and I but for pregnant women I put a magnet there and um, it takes away for a lot of them their morning sickness and I once um, came to my office one day Robin and there was a pregnant woman sitting on my doorstep in New York at sort of 7.30 in the morning and I had <laughs> given her a magnet two days before and it had stopped her morning sickness and it had fallen off and she wanted a new one before she went to work because it was the only thing that worked for her morning sickness. So she was sitting on the doorstep outside in the street in New York waiting for me to come into the office so that I could give her oh, a magnet. I wish so, I had known when I was pregnant because <laughs> I had the worst morning sickness with both of my pregnancies. And I know that they work because I do get seasick and I do wear those those bands that you're talking about. And it's so funny because when I know that I have placed the, the little bead or magnet that's in the band, when I've placed it in the right spot on my wrist, boom, it's gone. It is gone. They work yeah. so well. I it does. And most people for whom it doesn't work are getting it in the wrong place. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I you love to, it. You have to get it to the right place. <laughs> and acupressure. I have that here on my list of notes to ask about because I love acupressure. Just like you were just yeah. telling me with the baby rubbing the forefinger. Acupressure, yes. the ears and such, because I will rub Philip's ears because I know for a fact that that <laughs> is such a tension release. Is that right? It is. Actually, if I ever get us to come to a school and talk to children about acupuncture, which happens, I do two things. One, I show them pictures of all the acupuncture points on all sorts of animals, which is really fun, like giraffes and, <laughs> and ducks. 
Uh, and two, I teach them to massage their ears to relieve stress. And I get whole classes of first graders massaging their ears. So acupressure is the just apply. It's exactly what you think. It's the applying of pressure to the acupuncture points. The reason Robin and I are talking about the ears is there are lots of acupuncture points in the ears. There's a whole sort of microsystem of acupuncture in the ears. Um, but we do um, uh, we do acupressure at uh, Unova and we have body work massage therapists who incorporate um, acupressure with massage, um, which is just so fun. Uh, we oh, do I a version it. of reproductive massage, for instance, where we do um, a fertility enhancing massage over the abdomen and things like that. But we also include acupuncture points and pressure on the points too. And it is blissful. That, that is so wonderful. I have to say that, that this has been so educational. I am fascinated by your line of work and can tell how deeply passionate you are about it. Do you have anything exciting coming up? Because I read that you are accepting new patients for the first time in 10 years. Yes. <gasps> I love it. Am. I um, I. I used to have a nine month waiting list and I felt guilty that people waited for me that long because they could see someone else, you know, one of my team who are awesome. And, uh, you know, if you get a name for something, people want to see you. But um, I have a phenomenal team of, uh, you know, exceptional practitioners. So I stopped seeing new patients. And then when we all went on lockdown in New York, you know, very early on, COVID hit New York really badly. We realized our patients were suffering from COVID and we needed to be all hands on deck, even though we'd shut down. Um, and so we, we switched to virtual and we were just there coaching and providing herbs and things. And I came back to work. And I was so happy to treat people again. And so I carried on and I've stayed just doing virtual. The team have all gone back into um, the office with Noah, my husband, and they're all working away. And I um, uh, realized I can reach more people all over the country and all over the world, in fact, by um, coaching people based on the principles of Chinese medicine. And that is what I've been doing. And I've spent the most happy year doing that. I know that lockdown has been horrible for so many people, but I have um, um, felt like I just got the opportunity to look outward, you know, rather than sit and think about how awful this is. I've I've had the opportunity to help people through long COVID. Again, a very good, you know, at the acute stage of COVID, time to call a doctor, long COVID, um, that's a job for people like us. And so we've been managing people through their symptoms. And I've also been doing a lot of fertility work for people who've never been able to see me because they don't live in New York. And, and now they can just see me on Zoom. And I have patients in um, Africa and um, the Gulf states and um, all over Europe, quite a big contingent in Britain, as you can imagine, because that's my home country, but also um, France and Italy. And um, it's been just a joy to sort of spread the word about this beautiful medicine to so many people and, you know, allow them to experience it for themselves. Oh, I just think that is so wonderful because you have this beautiful spirit about you. And then to think that you could also have this ability to then reach other people through this telemedicine now, 
and truly changed their lives. I am so thrilled that we've been able to well, be together and I mean, that you I can do that. I was seeing patients, but I wasn't yes. seeing new patients right. for 10 years. I should clarify. I had so many old patients, yeah. you know, all these people coming to see me four times a year oh. that I just didn't see anyone new, um, which was fun in some ways because um, everybody was like an old friend. Yes, <laughs> it's really fun to meet new people and help them. And oh. That's been just a joy. I love it. You just said a key word, fun. And the second thing we do with every podcast is we play a game. How do you feel about games? I'm game to do the game. (laughs) Good, good. So I always create a game that is related to the podcast and to my guest. And so I've created a game called Pressure Points. (laughs) So I'm going to read you a series of questions, and they're going to be getting more difficult as we go on. And in 45 seconds, you're going to answer as many as you can. If you can get 12 correct questions in two rounds, you will win one of our really cute, I've got a secret thermos (laughs) bottles. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> and I'm sure you're going to fill it with your special coffee or maybe one of your herbal yes, teas. I am. My hippie coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Chances are pretty good you're going to get this anyway. <laughs> but let's, <laughs> let's play a game. So the pressure is on. Okay. Are you ready for round one? I am ready. Okay. Round one. Now, I understand you love to bake. So all of these questions are about baking. Okay, so ready? I'm going to look at my staff. Start the clock. Okay. A baker dozen is how many? 13. True or false? Red velvet cake is chocolate with food coloring. It is. True. Oh, yeah. True or false? Hot cross buns are eaten during Passover. Easter. You're right. Which country? (laughs) Which country does quiche originate from? France. Oh, yes, you're right. A pie without a top is a flan. <gasps> Tart. Oh, that's a, a though British word. <laughs> okay, then you get that one right. Which of these three fruits are never in a fruitcake? Pineapple, kiwi, cherries. Kiwi. You're right. True or false? <laughs> Betty Crocker is a real person. Ooh. False. You're right. Okay, now they just told me the time is up, but we're going to keep going. True or false? Brown sugar should be refrigerated. False. That's right. What type of icing is used to build gingerbread houses? Oh, uh, royal icing. You're right. Oh, wow. You got all of those right. Okay, well, that was great. Okay, so now on to the last round, round two. Your center is in New York. So all of these questions are going to be about this incredible city. Okay, so number one, what makes a pizza New York style? Um, Slices and they fold it. New Yorkers fold their pizza to eat it and it's thin. Oh, it's thin (laughs) because I love it. It makes me hungry right now. Okay, number two, how many floors does the Empire State Building have? I don't know. Oh, (laughs) it has 102. I'm better at baking. Now we all know it. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay, number three, true or false? The Empire State Building took five years to build. False. You're right. It only took about a year. Who recorded the song New York, New York first? Liza Minnelli or Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra. Liza Minnelli. Did she? Yes, that's what it says here. (laughs) I'm learning this. True or false? Los Angeles has a larger population than New York. True. It's false. Oh, I'm so bad. Me too. I'm so good at baking. I'm so bad at New York. (laughs) Yeah, this is just going to be something that we all learn together. What was New York (laughs) named before it was New York? Who knew New Amsterdam? Oh, I think I vaguely knew that. I've never heard that. My husband's a New Yorker. He'd be really good at this. (laughs) (gasps) Hey, do you ever watch that show, Taxi Cab, where they play the game show in the taxi cab? Yes. In New York? Yes. I would love to play that. I hope one day that Philip and I, which... I don't think it'll ever happen, but I would love to get into that taxi cab. Okay. What is New York State's flower? I don't know. The rose. I'm a really bad New Yorker. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're bad together. So true or false, the Metropolitan Museum of Art is the second largest art museum in the Western Hemisphere. False. False is right. How big is Times Square? (laughs) 11,600 feet. I'm giggling for the people back home because Robert was trying to hint to me by putting fingers up and it was very complicated. It was. It didn't really make sense. I put up two figures and then I put up six figures. Now, how were you supposed to know I was doing 11,600 feet? So, Times Square is 11,600 feet. Who would ever know that? Okay, next. What is New York's state bird? Oh, these are really difficult. I I can't even imagine. It's the eastern blue bird. Yes, yes. (laughs) You knew it. (laughs) The eastern bird. Playing charades over here, Robert and I. I held up a blue bottle. (laughs) Okay, guess what? You won our thermos. (laughs) For my baking answers, not for my New York ones. Yes. And I think this I think after this game, you need to put a stiff drink in this. (laughs) (laughs) I will cherish my thermos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know what? Sadly, that brings us to the end of our episode today. But this was just wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with the Secret Squad, Dr. Blakeway. Can you tell all of the listeners how to find both you and Yanova Center online? Well, you can find us both in the same place, so it's easy. You just go to yanovacenter.com, Y-I-N-O-V-A, center, spelt the American way. I always say that because my poor father in England still can't find my website because he spelled it way, Unovacenter.com. And um, we're on social media and we're lively. We have a very, we've been blogging since 2005. So we have a big blog archive and we love to give information away for free. So come and visit us and um, learn about Chinese medicine. We would love that. Oh, that's so wonderful. And I also want the secret squad to know that you can go to I've Got a Secret with Robin McGraw.com and find out exactly where to find Dr. Blakeway and Unova Center on our website and make sure to rate and review this podcast. And remember to visit I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for more information about this episode, as well as behind the scene photos and videos. I'll see you next week for another great episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>